The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global uh, People Solutions. And I want to thank you all uh, for joining me here today uh, for this show. Uh, my next guest represented a multifaceted media and entertainment channel with original content that entertains, that educates, and inspires within the cannabis culture. I want you all to welcome my guest here today, Plant Profits with Cedric Rogers, who is the co-founder and CEO of Culture Genesis, which is the parent company of All Deaf, and Will Farrow, uh, who is the chief creative director at All Deaf Cannabis. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here this morning. Thank you very much. And how you all doing? Good, good. Uh, thanks for having us. It's a little early on the, on the West Coast, but hey, we're happy to be here. <laughs> no, much appreciated uh, to, to, to ring the bell this early in the morning. So thank you very much. But I've seen both of your backgrounds. Uh, you've been up for a while already anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is, that, is I mean, that is true. That is true. We can attest. I text them early in the morning, every morning, any, for the most part, anyways. Yeah. Not, oh, not I'm sure. Part. I'm sure. The <laughs> the early mornings are the the part of the the schedule you can control. Exactly. Before the day gets away. Yeah, the day gets going and day gets crazy. So, hey man, we're just gonna have some fun today. I really want the audience to get to know you guys. And and so we're going to go back a little bit and, and and talk about some of the early things and early parts of uh, of your your life and your career. And I really want to just start with you, Cedric, and just talk about, um, you know, uh, where did this all start with you? Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Because you, you went to school in a couple different places. And yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm originally actually Will and I both originally from Texas, uh, okay. Houston, specifically for me. H-Town. Uh, I'm a Texan. I'm a Texan. I'm a Texan, man. This is awesome. Okay, so my what part of Texas you from? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm. I always tell people I'm. I'm from a little town outside of Austin. Okay. uh, Giddings, Texas. Giddings. Okay, I know it. Yeah, you know, know. if you go on 290 right from H Town, going 290 West, man, you run into it. A couple of lights, and you're done. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in Texas, and um, you know, with, you know, grew up there uh, until going to college. But you know, I ran track all through high school, even into college. And okay. I ended up going to North Carolina A and T, majoring in electrical engineering. Actually. Yeah. Um, so when I was growing up in high school, I actually went through a lot of these small towns going to track meets. So that's oh why no, no, no no doubt. In yeah. fact. In fact, my little town, Giddings, Texas, was a big track big school. Track yeah, big that track big school. Boys too. Yeah, all yeah. boys that could run. It was yeah, thing ever. Like yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. You know, I don't know how old you guys are, but if you if you remember, there was some 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 guys. There was this family called the Francis. Yeah, uh, you have Tweety. Yeah, you had Brian Michael. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I would go to Texas Relays. I was actually fairly good myself, too. Okay. Uh, What'd you run? Hurt. What'd you run? 110, 400 hurdles. Yeah, man, so that's I, a man's race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, that is not heart, a faint of heart, boy. Faint of heart. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I had to do something, man, to equalize all this speed out there in Texas, man. And these boys right now, they run yeah. 10, 10 flats in 109 yeah. times right now. Yeah. So you, you thought if you put a little obstacle in the way, yeah, that it made them make you more competitive because yeah. now technique really becomes technique. king, right? And so and that's kind of been a story of my life, you know, trying to be precise, you know, yeah. and, but not afraid to take the risks. You know, that's yeah. been the theme of my life, honestly. Um, and so, you know, going into engineering was the same way, uh, looking at, you know. How, how did you choose the engineering? Well, first of all, foundationally, where did you go to high school? So I went to straight Jesuit college prep out of Houston. So, okay. You know, yeah. I know that very well. Yeah. My, my wife is from, from uh, Houston. So I I know Houston and first, first, yeah, I went to Lamar. I went to Lamar University. Okay. Yeah. 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 I went to, I almost, you know, I had a, I had a lot of scholarships uh, to go to even Texas, uh, but I wanted to actually switch it up and go to a historical black college. Sure. I just wanted that experience for myself. Um, And I wanted to go, you know, at North Carolina AT because actually still today graduates the most black engineers. It was just, you know, phenomenal. I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal. And the fact, you know, Jesse Jackson came to my high school and spoke and that's what actually put him on my radar. Cause you know, okay. Texas, you know, it's like Prairie View and Texas Southern and all that. Right. But uh, when he came to the school and, and he actually pinpointed asked a lot of us, you know, the brothers at, at the campus and asked me had I thought about it. Cause I wanted to do engineering. Yeah. And that's what put AT on my radar. I actually got a visit to the school and I got a scholarship. So it just all worked out. You know? Oh, that's great. And, yeah. You know, Jesse Jackson was actually a kind of an impetus of some of that for me. So um, so it, when it worked out that way, I enjoyed my time. And I ain't gonna lie to you, I went up to the campus and saw all the women. I was like, oh, this is this is this is great. I, I understand. <laughs> I, I totally understand, man. I totally understand. That the same thing kind of happened to me at Lamar because I'm from this small farm town. Uh-huh. Right. And, and, and getting and then I, I took a visit because I, I, I started out as an engineer also. OK, OK. Uh, and I wanted to go in. Lamar is a really good engineering school. Mm-hmm. And I said, OK, I'll, I'll go over there. And then I just man, the scenery was beautiful. <laughs> and and um, and I said, this is this is where I'm going. You know, this is this is this is every time, man. So, so yeah, I, I went up to AT, had a great experience there. You know, I had a full experience um, at that institution, and I, when I came out, I actually uh, came back out of. You know, I was, I was really focused on RF engineering for a lot of the period of time that I was okay. out, and then um, so I wound up going. I had a pretty fast transition going to um, came to Texas for a hot second to. Motorola actually, and then I transitioned from there to HP. Yeah, real short stints, and then I yeah, but there's they were really. I mean, your your background, you went to some really powerhouse places. Yeah, yeah, I I was bad. I was was dumb and lucky, man. But were uh, they recruiting on campus? I mean, yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. Well, did you did you get a chance with track to do internships? Because it's tough in, yeah, when you're I in did. sports. I did. Yeah. I, did. I was able to do some some internships while still training because I was in Texas, you know. Um, yeah. So I was still able to be outdoors and kind of keep running and staying in shape, but uh, while still doing the engineering. And so I went from, like I said, Motorola, HP, then I, I landed in Apple. 
as a system engineer. I want to get into Apple because yeah. you, 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 you stayed there long and, and just looking at everything, something happened there that, and you popped out and became, and did something really special. So, yeah. but I want, yeah. I want to catch, I want to catch up with Will cause he's, He's he's my other Texas friend and and, and brother. So so tell me about your your deal because you're the, you're the creative guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, same thing. Just like you, I am from a small town outside of Houston. I'm from Port Arthur, Texas. So uh, you're from Port Arthur. So when I say yeah, Lamar, you know where yeah, I'm from. Exactly <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like ten minutes away from there. So uh, that you so you already both both of you know about the yeah. town. So just kind of growing up there. Um, I always kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. So I was like, I was always taught by my uh, my mom and my pops, like you write your own story. Yeah. So um, even just like, as you see me, like I'm 6'3". I was that at like 12 years old. So everybody's just like- At 12? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah was, That's was, a big man. Yeah. I mean, at 12 years old. Listen, he's a Texan. Will is a Texan. When you see him in person, he's like, yeah, that's a Texan. That's yeah. a Texan. Getting size 14 shoes. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. You, you, Your mom probably thought, I don't know how I'm going to feed and clothe this dude. Well, she knew how to feed me. She was like, good luck on clothes. He <laughs> <laughs> can go do that for you. He was like, okay. well, you, got, you got Air Force Ones and yeah. Big and Tall. Yeah. Thing. So it, <laughs> so it was always that. But um, so people would always expect like you know playing the football thing and stuff like that. But I actually right. played football for a little bit, but then switched and actually did professional wrestling and started wrestling. Whoa, 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 stop, 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 Will. So, I mean, you're talking about the kind of professional wrestling. Yeah, like what was, what was what's your stage name, man? Talk it to was us. A, it, it was Willie. It was Big Willie G. At, okay. Uh, yeah, just came out with a like throwback jersey on, um, jumping off the turnbuckles, really just like doing stuff they would not expect a guy my size to do. And so uh, it was under a small faction that would train on the Booker T School. So the people okay. he was setting up to put in WWE, they would come train with us in matches and stuff like that. And so um, just continue doing that all the way through like seen like all the way through high school like i actually missed my prom to fight for the texas title uh which was, that's how dedicated i was to it and so uh just doing that stuff because you know high school um if y'all familiar with port arthur y'all familiar with lincoln and tj correct oh yeah yeah well i went at a time where they decided to combine all three of our schools wow. and only put it in one of the three because they were building this massive school yeah but okay. it wasn't gonna get built until we were gone so yeah. it was now like TJ school with over 5,000 kids in there. Yeah. And so no one's learning anything. Teachers are trying to do what they can. You got, yeah. you know, That's all tough. kind of influences going in. And I'm around the time where, you know, like the whole gang thing. So right. coming to, to Texas. So people thinking they bloods, crips. And then the next year they didn't switch roles now. Now they the crips and all of this stuff like that. So, you know, you had to try to find outlets as much as you can. And so that's uh really was one of my outlets. And so, um, when it was time for me to go, because, because you know, you don't want to get into that small town effect where eventually, like, you know, you get kids, you get stuck and stuff like that. So um, then, then you went to Houston after that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so I, I tell you what, we're going to uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to get into that. And 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 also, Cedric, get into to, to your your nine, 10 year stand at Apple yeah. and, um, and and move to to the culture a little bit. So that'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits and Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. 
And uh, I am continuing our discussion here with Cedric uh, Rogers and, and Will Farrell. And uh, we're going to take a break. And on the other side, we'll get into some more fun things, Texas style. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Uh, we're here today with co-founder uh, and CEO of Culture Genesis, Cedric Rogers. And uh, along with him, he brought his chief creative director, Will Farrell. Uh, gentlemen, we were, Will, we were actually talking about some of the next steps in, in, in your life. You, you grew up in Port Arthur. You, man, you were uh, 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 a wrestler uh, during high school, missed his prom. But, but now you're in Houston. And you're a creative guy, so uh, tell us about that little journey you took uh, and what that did for you. Oh, yeah. So um, I've been drawing since I was like three years old. And so okay. um, that pretty much stuck through like t- till now. So it was just like a lot of my creativity would come through that and like my imagination with right, like sketching out. And then a guy I used to grow up with also knew how to draw. So we were like Batman versus Batman. We would okay. always be competing to see who could be better, who could be better at storytelling. So we just kept each other's imagination so sharp. And then like drawing little comic books and stuff like that. Cause again, I came up from a place where like education wasn't the biggest thing. So it was just like, we had to find some way to kind of stay out of trouble. Mm. So, so it would just be, we would just focus on that type of stuff and just use our imagination with what we had. And so um, that kind of led to a odd transition for me because um I, y'all, y'all two will probably remember. Do y'all remember those commercials where they go, they'll send you the little pamphlet to like an art school you draw? Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. Print it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fit yeah. For the yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little I test. I went to yeah. that school. Okay. I went to that school. I was, yeah. It was kind of like my only way out. And they were just like, well, you could go to art school. I'm like, okay. Let's and give so, that a try. Yeah. yeah. And so it awesome. led me to, yeah, it led me to go to Houston, which, um, kind of shaped the next thing would led my career to kind of this story now was because I was going to become an artist, but I took on graphic design where I didn't, where going there, I didn't know the difference between the two. And so that's the one thing that I kind that's of- That's fair. I don't know if I like, still do. Yeah, it was like, well, because well, the thing to me was like, how can you judge art? If I create something, right. like it's art, you can't judge, you can't really give me a grade, so how does this work? But then how she had showed me, what one of my teachers was, it's a client. This client is telling you, I want this like this. And that's what you're making with your creativity. And Man, then, that's cool. And then when I understood that just from my background, too, I was like, wait, so you get paid to draw stuff for people outside of just tattoos? Like, yeah. And they're yeah. like, yeah. And so that 
is what started me doing freelance graphic design. And so, uh, but I always wanted to have a stable job. And I know that was something that y'all were about to get into now. No, which, yeah. Which is what led me to go work, very coincidentally, at Apple. Wait a minute. Okay, so you guys met at Apple? No, mm. no, we did not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I just also worked at Apple for like six years. Yeah. But you and you didn't even admit, well, it's a big, it's a big place. Oh, no, I mean, no, it's, no. it's, yeah. I mean, no. you get, and people are everywhere. That's, yeah, it's a big company now. It's a massive that, company now. That, that is, that is great. So you were there six years, Will. Now, Cedric, you were there almost a decade. Yeah. Doing, doing, doing things. So tell us about what you were doing. Yeah, you know, I would, you know, even though I had a couple of other jobs, I kind of, I only mentioned them because technically I had them, but I really didn't, yeah. I wasn't there long. You know, I was in a, I was one of those guys that weren't, weren't going to sit somewhere, you know, unhappy. You know, I wanted to really find my, you know, what I was passionate about. And um, I wound up going to a job fair for National Society of Black Engineers, actually. And I ran up on the Apple folks mm-hmm. and they were just really cool. And I was like, okay. And, and But at the time, this was Apple, you know, at that time when Apple was really down, it was before the iPod. The iPod had just came out. And okay. we were doing the iPods, those big white ones, clunky ones. And they had like a collaboration with HP on the mm-hmm. iPod. And so I was like I said, at the time at HP. So that's how I got exposed to the product. And I was like, ah, this is this is like, you know, that's when everybody was on the other MP3 players out there, like the Rokios and all those other stuff. And then so it was like, I don't know if this is going to work, Apple. But the lady was like, hey, you should talk to us, you know, da, 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 da. So I wound up talking to them and actually we had a great series of, and they were going to actually put me in Atlanta of all places. And I was okay. like, okay, so I'm who don't want to live in Atlanta? Your brother in Atlanta was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so I wound up, uh, I wound up getting a gig there um, and getting exposed to really coming in at the higher education side of Apple. And that's a, that was a big core tenant for uh, Steve Jobs. He always, um, wanted to kind of invest in higher education because he felt like if he could get, you know, younger people to like the Mac and use operating system, then right. they would take it to work, right? So that was kind of his all, his Trojan horse uh, uh, approach always. So being there at the tip of the spear, it was cool because we were kind of doing a lot of innovative things and I was able to kind of like branch out. Mm-hmm. And what along the way, what happened was we got started getting traction with the iPod and then really we're thinking about, okay, how can we build this, this infrastructure around the iPod with the, you know, iTunes and what it started to become and, you know, this media platform. Mm-hmm. And I really understood and, and kind of, you know, embraced that because what Apple has always stood for even today was like they wanted to reach, you know, youth through, uh, through media, through like what Will's talking about, graphic arts and yes. music. And why that resonated with me so much is I felt like a lot of kids of color, especially, that's the best way to get us excited about something in education, right? Is to tap into our creative side. And I felt like Apple was really trying to make the tools for that. So that just kind of got me on fire just about Apple and just, you know, Steve Jobs is just a phenomenal leader and very inspirational. Right. Um, and so when that happened, I, you know, I still never let go of my athletic background. And, and we got into the, we launched the iPod and yeah. the iPhone. And so yeah. I was there when the first iPhone, you know, we gave every, he gave everyone the iPhone. So I still had the first iPhone. Yeah. You know? And so I just, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I fell in love with the company. I was drinking all of the Kool-Aid. You know? All of it. All Look at that. Look at that. Same here. Look at that. Same here. Look at that. 
Yeah. So I was there, you know. There you go, the Will. Time, there wasn't that many brothers there, just to be honest with you. I was yeah. in corporate, right. you know, and so I had a very nice situation going for me. And um, I so was, you were out in California? You were out at going back and forth between Atlanta and San Fran or the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, so yeah okay. I'll go back and forth. And, okay. And so here's the biggest part that happened and what drove me into, uh, yeah. you know, startup and where we are today. But, you know, I wound up getting in and wanting more and really wanted to go up an organization. And I started kind of working with a lot of executives uh, on different special projects. And one of them in particular was when Steve, you know, launched the, we launched the iPhone and then the iPad, he was starting to get very focused on the, going into verticals. He said, I, we, need, we need to get wide, you know, we need to start going into the healthcare, you know, mm-hmm. people. And, and I said, well, what about sports? You know, there's this great opportunity to take the iPad into sports and like you know when you think about football that we i'm sure all three of us are real passionate about football right. level or basketball like coaches use the ipad for video analysis and strength and conditioning and um you know the playbook yes so the I playbook think, is on the pad yeah. yeah i led that group you know to, to okay. take that in and we started with higher education and then and it was cool because i went to texas alabama florida georgia and all those big time schools ohio state and they started once they did it, and they started using it for recruiting. Yeah, got really cool with Les Miles down there at LSU, and he, he did some cool. You may stuff. not want to oh. say that too loud. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but you know what? Les is a funny guy, man. I love Les. Oh, I bet, I bet he's really cool to hang out with. I really you know, do. Oh man, he was. Yeah. He treated me so great. I, that's a whole another. That's another. Yeah. Another day. Uh, okay, but, we'll uh, do that some other time. But, but but just think about when like when this was when OBJ was still in high school and and uh, not in high school but in college. So it was OBJ was in college and and guys like Matthew Stafford were in yeah. Georgia. Right. So what, we we did all these cool things and then it jumped from the NCAA to the NFL. So I started doing a lot of stuff with the NFL, the NBA. So mm-hmm. I had this like wonderful job. Where you I'm, did. Like, I had, I was, <laughs> Man, going to all of the, the sports meccas, you know, yeah. the high, the best colleges and the best, you know, uh, NFL teams. And, you know, so what happened, we really got wide there and it was one of those things that then Apple paid for my MBA. So I okay. did you went to Emory, up to Emory, Emory in Atlanta. So, yeah. So then what happened lastly, I'll say this, it, it just started to, to spur me to want more. And, um, and then Steve passed away in 2012. So at the end of 2012. So I was already finishing up my MBA and then he passed away and I was kind of wanting to do my own thing. Yeah. And that's when I jumped out to start getting into startups in, in, in 2013. Yeah. Your startups went to your roots though, man. It's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, 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 and, and, and so I, it, it begs the question, right. Is how did you two meet? Okay. So, so we'll fast forward real quick. Is this, like you said, my startups are always leaning towards, I want to inspire youth, right? Yeah. Kind of that same core that Apple had by using, you know, media, music and, and graphic arts and video. And so I created my first startup and it wound up really being more of a nonprofit than anything else. <laughs> and I, I learned that lesson. That's the first thing about getting it started. You got to learn how to make money, man. Yeah. Uh, so important so fact. I, I, I quickly transitioned from actually two different startups that kind of, I learned some really good lessons and got to really know investors and even became mm-hmm. an entrepreneur resident with a, with a venture capital firm. Yeah. So while we, when I, I jumped out with my, the one we're on now, Culture Genesis, my co-founder and I, we really saw this opportunity to create 
technology for the culture. And when okay. I mean the culture, I mean people of color, right? How, yeah. how can we create software that really would resonate with them? And so we created a couple of live interactive actual applications back in 2018. So it is before, you know, COVID, right? Yeah. So we saw where everything was going. And then we saw All Deaf and they wanted to partner with us. And so Will was working at All Deaf. Okay. Um, the, the first iteration okay. of All Deaf. And that's okay. how we connected, right? Um, we started bringing in talent from the All Deaf side onto our, we had a, a, like a live interactive uh, trivia game called Trivia Mob. So right. we started bringing them into that game, uh, some of the talent from All Deaf. Then we created a partnership with All Deaf to create some of these things for them. And that's when All Deaf went out of business. And then we acquired All Deaf and then Got it. the rest is and, and the rest, and that's what we're gonna, we're gonna take a quick break and we're, we're gonna get you in, in, in this. I wanna really talk about some of the creative things that you're doing um, at All Deaf and, 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 and with Culture Genesis and the cannabis side. So I, I really wanna, wanna get in, in, into that. We're gonna take a break. My name's Vern Davis. I'm the host of Plant Profits. And I'm here today with Cedric Rogers uh, and Will Farrell, all from All Deaf Cannabis. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, well, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. I'm here today with Cedric Rogers and Will Farrell, all of All Deaf uh, Cannabis. And so, Cedric, go ahead and finish uh, what you were saying about how you guys had had uh, taken over All Deaf and, and started to move forward. Yeah, you know, when we acquired All Deaf, it was a great opportunity of so many wonderful creators and and. And a guy like Will, who's like my utility guy, like he, yeah. is, he said he's a graphic artist, yeah. he's creative, passionate, creative. Mm -hmm. and he came to me early, he says, hey man, I got something I want to ask you. I said, what's up? He says, man, I, you know, we've done some really cool content around cannabis with all deaf. You know, we've done stoner stories, hot box challenge. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey man, I see that you're thinking about getting wider. Like I started talking about doing all deaf sports, all deaf uh poetry and all these other areas he says, what about cannabis i was like oh man i was like i smoke but i don't know if the world's ready for us to bring a whole channel focused on smoking yeah you know? <laughs> hey content and and he said nah nah i think it'll work i said so okay cool i said we can do one thing i felt like if we can actually not just entertain people because that's the yeah. kind of thing that always people always see but yeah. if we can do the second 
two or three things which I feel like educate people about the benefits of uh-huh. cannabis. I think that's and, critical. And yeah. then inspire because I think there's so many opportunities for entrepreneurship and, mm-hmm. and just like others, you know, the business behind cannabis. Absolutely, for the community to get invo- involved on the commercial side of that business in a yeah. very legal and entrepreneurial way. Absolutely. So those are the things that I was looking at. And even from one of our investors, uh, they invested in a company called Growlands, which are actually some brothers out of here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole platform where it's actually identifying, help, helping growers kind of like optimize their strands that they're, you know, in their um, growers. And so I was like, uh, yeah, this is good. So we could even plug in with guys like that along the way. So oh, then I just great. talked it to Will and I'll let him kind of give you some background, like how he's approached it. But you know, he's one of those guys, man. I just once we started, we carved out the segment. I said, "Hey, you yeah. to go." <laughs> so, Will, I've I've seen some of the stuff. I've been on the channel, so I've seen some of the stuff. It's very creative and and, and very cool. Tell tell us about how you go about that and how you think through that and what it's like to be you in that situation. Oh, uh, for the most part, I just I, I live by one thing that I've seen consistently uh, since getting into graphic design and now being out here is that um, there's two languages that are spoken. And so okay. it's the entertainment side, but then there's also that corporate financial side. And what I've noticed is a lot of us in the culture don't know how to speak both languages. And okay. so that was what I wanted to do, especially with coming with cannabis because of the taboo that it has and already the perception that it has. So it's like, if I can fuse those two and make this work right, when it's time for it to be fully legalized, somebody is going to want to make something flagship for people to see, and it's going to be all deaf cannabis. So awesome. for every person that's here, every person that creates something, it's like, this is a great idea. So how do we package it? How do we make it to where we eliminate the no's when we send it to these brands that are a little bit intimidated when they see the word cannabis on it? And so okay. that's what came to construct the creative side from the entertainment side of bringing in comedians that uh, love to be, you know, are funny, humorous, uh, folks that are outside of comedians with wonderful personalities, and then moving into the educational side, letting people know like, hey, let's scratch the perception that people that smoke just sit on the couch. As you can see, so many people are doing other different things. Like we have comedians who are across the world right now performing on stage for people in a whole different country. And so mm-hmm. that comes the inspirational part for people to know that, hey, cannabis is no longer just that little perception you got. It's now something that fuels people to become outside of the norm of just doing a nine to five and be stepping within their purpose. No, I think you're right. I mean, I, and just, I, you know, I, every day I meet people uh, in what I do and I, I, it's, hard, it's hard to find somebody who doesn't do cannabis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in, in all professions, it doesn't matter. There, there's, and a lot of it is wellness. I mean, a lot of it is just pain management. A lot of it is just, man, I, I, I use it, it. I sleep great yep. and it, 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 it makes, it makes my sleep very restful. If, and, if, I, could, if I could add, yeah. if I could add two things. One, you know, I would say the culture of all death in general, it, it remember it came from death comedy jam, which that's was, right. This this platform that Russell Simmons created for comedians, up and coming, every no, every well known, especially specifically with black comedians, whether it be Martin Lawrence, you uh-huh. know, uh, give me all the list, Will, but it's Martin Lawrence, it's Bernie Harvey, Bernie Mac. Uh, we can go on and on and on. Dave Chappelle, right? All these guys came from that platform, and so all death is that digital version 
right, yeah. of that platform. And so it, it was, I bring that up to say that it's it's a platform for up and coming, you know, creators, right. um, specifically comedians. And so when we went into cannabis, you know, we still have the comedic theme a little bit to it, but mm-hmm. we also wanted it just to be a place for the up and coming, right, uh, creators and, and for us to get wider there. And so that's one of the things that Will has tapped into on the creative side. Like he's giving a lot of new creators a chance to like share their stories. And one, two things that we've done is like with women, we really have built a platform because there's a lot of stigma about do women smoke. And now we got, now we actually have mothers. There's a lot of mothers oh, yeah. that actually are, you know, using cannabis and CBD mm-hmm. and all of, oh, all of these different It's great things. for anxiety. And, and anxiety there's a lot, yeah. Pressures and, exactly. And, and, and for me personally, as you mentioned, Vernon, like, you know, because I was running hurdles. Yeah. I put a lot of wear and tear on my body and yeah. I herniated a disc. Um, you know, trying to work, you know, came on me like two years ago. So as, as we brought into cannabis, that, that conversation, I, I had to, I, I raised my level of cannabis intake and CBD and actually healed my body from it. Right. There's so many, you know, it, it's wonderful about being in Los Angeles. You can get access to all the products and the right. Right. rubs and everything. So I have a, a full appreciation. And that was a thing that I wanted Will to do is like to make sure we touched a lot on the, on the wellness side of it. Right. Yeah. So many benefits. I, that is great, but the shows are very creative, and all the concepts will. I, I mean, it's it is absolutely. It has me cracking up, but then it also makes me think, you know, and um, uh, about how to further this. and And you guys have done some some really terrific things. And I know, I know uh, Cedric, you have some things I'm sure very close to your heart. The things that you're doing with with Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity yeah, Incorporated, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, What's cool, what's cool about uh, what we have in in Culture Genesis as the parent company, the way we yeah. see it and what we're, we're rolling out. And I should note, I should have said it earlier, but we are now the largest black owned publisher on Facebook and YouTube. So, okay. you know, with being in a position like that, you have it's an honor and there's a responsibility. Right. Yeah. To how can you you know where we have all these different channels that are under all deaf and we're going to be bringing on even more channels but not even just the ones we own we'll be supporting others okay um, it's a great opportunity to kind of empower women that's one mm-hmm. of the things we've been really focused on we actually launched all deaf women channel right okay good yeah our women um that because there's a lot of funny women out there but they don't get the same opportunity so we felt like launching that alongside of women we also launched all deaf latino um, and so with that, you see that we're trying to focus on a community and there's this this thing in this responsibility for youth. And, and I've actually spent a lot of my personal time, you know, really want to inspire youth and show them like all the different potential avenues um, in the world, especially on entertainment. I think a lot of kids, they see the hip hop artists and mm-hmm. they get inspired by that, but they don't realize there's so much more behind that business that they may not have to be the artist or the athlete. I can still be a part of the ecosystem and make really good money yeah. uh, and have a fun time doing it. And so I feel like what all deaf and cultural genesis are, are able to do is we are able to show them the other side of what we do. Right. So that's some of the things we're doing when we start getting, bringing on interns, uh, trying to show some of these kids you know, like the behind the scenes of what we do. Um, and it's fun. It's exciting, you know, because they get to see all the creators that they love and, and influencers. And um, and then we work with a lot of celebrities, too. So I feel like we're in a position to inspire. Uh, yes. Get them exposed. And, and from there, hopefully put them in a path of something they could be passionate about, like how Will 
as an example, found that same lane for himself in the graphic arts, you know? Absolutely. I think that's that's really, uh, go ahead, uh, Will. Oh yeah, but just also on that, uh, open up creativity for things that are different, like you said, outside of just music, even open a platform like we did with all dev gaming, like there's a, there's a, whole platform of gamers gaming and, yeah yeah that yeah that are professional gamers like a lot of people now make their income off of twitch and playing video games but like these people are inspiring these other kids to be able to do the same thing even at a young age and so being able to create a platform for gamers that look like ourselves but not only that that stretches into just like he said with the other verticals for women they're of course video game women there are latino gamers and stuff like that that also yeah. want to be able to now can have a platform to be able to have that shine as well well guys i tell you what this is it's been terrific spending some time with you today i really want you to come back sure. as things evolve and what you guys are doing and because you're 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 a group of of you know, two young men that are driven that are successful and doing something you're really connecting the dots and that is is a, a hell of a mission, and it's a great thing to see. And and I'm really excited about this conversation that we had today. And, you know, hey, Cedric and Will, come back anytime. Anytime there's an opportunity to really connect the dots, utilize my pl- – I know you have multiple platforms. That's what you have. That's what you do. But, hey, when you want to step outside of your house, come on in. Yeah, for okay. sure. We'd love to come back. We appreciate uh, your time. It's been a fun uh, opportunity to get with another Texas guy. But you yeah. know it's going to be fun when you got three Texas guys. On the oh, oh, hey, what <laughs> some kids do? There, man. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. I keep trying to tell people. Uh, <laughs> hey, I always, tell, I always tell women when they say, oh, I want to meet a nice guy. I say, you need to find you a Texas guy. <laughs> there you go. And they, they believe me when they, when they see it. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for joining us. I'm had a great, great time today. Spending time with with Cedric Rogers, um, who is the CEO and co-founder of Culture Genesis, and Will Farrell, who is his creative uh, director on their property, All Deaf Cannabis, and uh, just had a, a great conversation. And I want you all to really come check us out at Plant Profits, and you can do that on uh, anywhere you get your uh, podcasts. You know, you can you can find Plant Profits on CannabisRadio.com, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, all the major uh, podcast portals. And you've heard me mention that it's fueled by Produce Global, People Solutions. You can find us anywhere on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all these places. We're there uh, in strength. And finally, learn more about how we build companies and how we change people's lives at protisglobal.com at P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, cheers. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's a wrap, man. That was awesome. No, that's great, man. That's that's great. So my brothers are gonna my brothers are gonna give me a hard time. They're gonna say, man, you let that noob. You know, oh, 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 man, I'm alpha. Oh, yeah, alpha. Okay. yeah, I'm alpha. <laughs> you know, your boy Will over there, he he he's probably one step away from being a Q. I think he was one step away from it, but that's did. what everybody's saying. So, it's like if I join one, it would be a Q. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, that's cool. So wait, so you play as at, at Lamar. I, yeah. play, I play as at Lamar, man. I'm an old brother, so I played a long time ago. And uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I had we had such great 
time uh, on campus because we were not an HBCU. Mm. So we had a small population, which I thought was, you know, when I look at it, uh, we did a lot together. We ran the Interfraternity Council. Mm. I mean, the, the officers were from from the Divine Nine. Mm. And um, uh, it, it was, we had a great time. But boy, we used to fight with the noobs, man. Really? Y'all used to fight with that man? Oh, oh but it was, it was love. I, oh. We were so close. But when we got in these intramural sporting events, ah, got it, got you it. You dudes would always have this sprinter from Canada. <laughs> Some sprinter from Canada, man, would be on the on the on the on the football team or something, man. And I, I said, man, how do you guys? How does this guy? I haven't even seen him on campus. Well, where is he? Where did he come from? You know, funny enough, one of our founders was a was a track guy. So that's why we get that's why we get a lot of track. And the Sigmas get a lot of track guys. They do. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we we always had a lot of track guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we moved someone pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. And they would always uh, come in and then we'd fight like hell and then we'd go party. Okay. We, okay. We, we really, we had great respect and love and admiration for each other. Yeah, we were cool with our alphas because like I said, a lot of us, you know, at engineering school, there would be yeah. a lot of, all of us would be in engineering together. Absolutely. We The ones we would get into, it, funny enough, would be sometimes it'd be the cues. It'd be like a, uh, uh, for us anyway. Cause we uh-huh. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.